Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The first decision is what do you focus on? The second decision is what does it mean? What does it mean what you're receiving right now? Because everybody's going to give it a different meaning, determined by your filters, by your model of the world, how you see the world. And then the third thing is the third decision that you're also taking in that moment is what am I going to do about it? And even if it's doing nothing, it's also a decision. So once again, what do I focus on? What does it mean? And what am I going to do about it? And those three decisions are with you every single moment of your life. The beautiful thing about it, you can always change your life. You can always change by those three decisions. Focus on something different, give it a different meaning, take different action if you're not happy with where you are. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Ronnie Lieber. Today's episode is all about communication. How can you get yourself into that art of performing, even on video? I will recommend that you listen to episode 617 after this, where I was talking to Peter Desberg about the way to pitch like Hollywood. I think that's a good companion episode for this. Ronnie has such a great life experience, and he talks about how he found his passion and just what the art of communication is going to be like from now on. And I think many of us obviously understand that we're in Zoom meetings often, and we have to manage through Zoom sometimes, teach through Zoom sometimes, and present through Zoom sometimes. So how can you then get into a place where you're still engaged in the audience in a lively manner, in a way that they don't shut up? That's what today's episode is about. And then the extra kernel is just understanding how to find your passion and be patient with yourself as you're listening to the universe, as you're listening to the world. And as you're listening, hope you enjoy the episode. As always, I always love your feedback and your thoughts. So please, please continue to send me those. I'm going to start putting some of these episodes on YouTube so you can catch them at my YouTube channel, at Ty Roxon. So if you're more of a video person, so you can start expecting to see some of those episodes on there. But outside of that, stay blessed, love yourself, be kind to yourself, and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's episode is with Ronnie Lieber. Ronnie, as a keynote speaker, loves to motivate his listeners, fill them with momentum, and provide magic moments that enhance team-building skills, peak performance. And he specializes with working with high-level individuals to create their legacy and multiply their impact by helping them build an emotional bridge to the audience and creating raven 
fans. So excited to have Ronnie on here because many of us are struggling with how to communicate ideas and turn them into impact. But Ronnie does this for a living. Welcome to the show, Ronnie. Hey, Tayo. Great to have you here. And to everybody listening, I'm very, very delighted that you are actually giving us your time and very happy to make it worthwhile. Wonderful. Absolutely. The first question that I have for you, Ronnie, is how did you find your passion? Oh, that's a great question. We were chatting before, before we actually got on here. And you told me that some of your listeners are right in the change of their careers. They're thinking about what am I going to do and what is it that I want to do? That was exactly at that point. I had just finished my university studies. I did a lot of different jobs before. And then I was asking myself, well, okay, what do I want to do now? And because I cannot just jump from job to job or from area to area, and then like you're not an expert and you're just going to get paid really good when you're an expert for something, when you really stand for something. And then my question was to me, well, what do you want to stand for? And, and what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be an expert for? And then I thought, well, okay, I'm, I'm all, I've always been interested in many things. But just to be interested, that's great for a while. You need to have a burning desire. You need to really have that passion inside of you. Mm-hmm. And then I thought... Well, great. That's great because I need to do something that I'm passionate about because obviously when I'm passionate about something, I'm going to be good at it or I'm going to become good at it. I'm going to love to learn about it. I'm going to love to grow. Well, and then I thought, yeah, that's awesome. But what is it? (laughs) Like, what is it that I'm really passionate about? I actually took weeks and months to ask myself the same questions over and over again. I asked myself, what is it that I love to do in my free time? What moves me emotionally? What do I spend money on? What is it that I talk to friends about? What is it that keeps me up at night? What is it that really engages me? What is it that already as a little kid that I love to do, to watch, that I love to embrace that got me emotional? Well, after asking myself those questions over and over again, I always got to the same point that already as a little kid, I was fascinated with events that bring the whole world together a soccer World Cup or like Olympic Games. I was like, when you're there and when, I, when those events were on, for me, it was like the whole world was circling around this event. And then I thought, that's awesome. And, and by the way, if you're, for example, not coming from the world of sports, when you go to a concert, it's kind of like the same feeling. You're there and you're totally engaged. And you're not thinking about, I have a hairdresser appointment tomorrow or I need to text something or somebody... No, you're just totally there. And I thought, that is awesome. I want to work in that field. But doing what? Like, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I knew, all right, that's where my passion is. I would love to work in that field. But to do what? I didn't know yet. And I thought in the beginning, maybe as a sports marketer or as a sports manager or something. And then actually, since I landed up in entertainment... And first it was just sports entertainment, but it has evolved since then. That just came naturally to me, but it was because I was open to that. And back then, some friends of mine who were the youth team of one of our biggest professional soccer teams in in Austria, they were looking for a stadium announcer for their youth teams. It was like, you know, on the weekend, once a month for 70 euros. Yeah, like, okay, if you're in the US, 70 bucks, whatever. Like, it's not a big thing. It's like... Money. The coolest thing was that I got a ticket for every home game of the big guys and I got invited to the Christmas party. Like, yay. Uh, but it was not a job per se. But that actually opened up some other things. I loved doing that and I didn't focus on the money initially. I was like, okay, 
I still was earning my money on another thing that I was not passionate about that I knew that I wanted to get out of. But at the same time, I was already tipping my toes into the waters where I actually wanted to swim deeper in. And then by doing that after a year, suddenly um, it evolved that somehow I got the chance to, again, it was kind of a coincidence. I was at a sports university party because I started sports. At 5.15 in the morning, you can imagine how amazing those talks are at the time. Uh, it was already sun was up and I came out and it was the 25th of June, 2009. It was the day that Michael Jackson died. So probably most of you remember if you're old enough where you yeah. were at the time. And I was exactly there. I came out and a friend of mine who was working at the local ice hockey professional team, she went out as well. And I was like, you know, 5.15 in the morning, hey, are you maybe by any chance looking for a new stadium announcer for the ice hockey team? And she said, I have no idea, but I'm going to ask. The next day she calls me, you know, we're looking for somebody. And then somehow, suddenly, that was the first real job that I got after some interviews. That was the first time that I actually thought, hey, this could be a career. This is what I want to do. And that's how I found it. And everything else evolved from there. And I thought, okay, I want to do more. And I started taking lessons for my voice. I started taking all kinds of things so to develop myself as a speaker, as an onstage person. And it was just an incredible ride from there. I'm getting chills listening to your story because, you know, like you, I wanted to be an athlete growing up. It was a, I wanted to be a basketball player. For those watching, you can't see that I have a, you can see some basketball things there. But one thing that I realized early and when I realized I wasn't going to be a basketball player was the reason I love sports in general. I love basketball. I love football. We were talking about football before. When I say football is some of you, some of you call it soccer. Okay. I'm talking about football and tennis and then American football. I love all these sports. But I had to ask myself why I love these sports. And then I got to the same conclusion you did. It was the sense of community. So for me, I run a company that helps people connect effectively across cultures, right? Diversity, equity, inclusion. So I write, speak, and teach on these things. I would not have thought about that when I was thinking about my passion for sports. But it was that sense that everyone on a field get to work towards one goal. And you have to understand the unique skill set. This is an attacker. This is a defender. This is someone that specializes in that. It wasn't until I sat down and really dissected what I loved, because when I realized I wasn't going to be a basketball player, I had to really think about all these other things. And it's so interesting what happens when you ask yourself the right questions. And it sounds like you did, because in addition to asking yourself the right questions, it got you down to trying some new things along those lines, which led you to your job. A lot of people today, they think the dreams are dead if they don't get exactly what they envisioned, but they don't sit down to ask themselves the why behind the reason they wanted to do something. There could be another path, another alley that still allows you to use your, you, your, your unique skill set and turn that into a career. And Tyler, if I may add one thing to that, actually. Yeah. First of all, also, yes, asking the question, I was like, when I was driving in the car, I was asking myself the question. Like, it was like, not like, now I'm going to sit down to ask myself the question. It was like, hey, I need to figure out where I want to go. What am, am I really passionate about? And I made one promise at the beginning when I started asking those questions to not because that's one thing that I always did before that. Before that, I was always focused on where can I make money or where can I make the most money? But then I thought, you know what? If I do something I'm passionate about, I know I'm going to be good at it. I know I'm going to be great at it. I know that I'm going to learn naturally. And I have this belief inside of myself that if you are really great at something, if you're maybe even the best at something or the best in the world at something, and you can develop into that, into your field, into your specific area, whatever you make your niche, whatever you make your area, then the money is going to come. 
then you're going to figure out a way how to monetize that. And that was my really my strong belief, my strong driver, because otherwise I would never have done that. I I would have ended up in the corporate world. And thank God, back then it was in 2008, 2009. I mean, for some of you who are old enough to remember, it was like a big economic crisis in the world. The recession, yeah. Yeah, and it was very, very hard to get, a let's say, a real job, like Mm -hmm. a job in the corporate world. And so I'm very, very grateful for that today. Let's stay on this. So what's happened recently is we've seen something called the idea of a great resignation. A lot of people are resigning. They're deciding, I want to do something to follow my purpose. We've also seen a lot of what's happened with COVID. And we've seen a lot of people stay at home, work at home, come up with different passion projects. One thing people are trying to understand now is how do you present on video, which is something you do, and make it engaging? Because there is Zoom fatigue, right, for some people. But what can people do to liven the audience and to bring the personality across video? That's a great question. First of all, I'm going to talk about what you said about really how are you engaging on video? And it's going to be advantageous for those of you who are actually watching us, but also I'm going to present it in a way that also those of you who are listening are going to have their fair share. And at the same time, then we're also going to talk about Zoom fatigue or being in this 27th webinar or or whatever kind of thing, (laughs) and, and how you actually can turn this into a great experience. And some of you might actually have already dug into, let's say, something like uh, Twitch or like, for example, like a a live streaming platform or done maybe their own podcasts or or all kinds of things where you actually need to kind of engage an audience, hold an audience for some time. And that requires practice. I'm telling you, I've been, well, the last year, because you mentioned COVID, I went on TV now from live events to, I'm still doing live events, but they're coming back. But I went to TV and I had like, almost one and a half thousand hours live on TV in the last year and a bit. And so it's quite a learning. So how do you actually present on video? First of all, many of us, when we are in a Zoom call, when we are actually talking to somebody on video, or even when we're just recording a video on our iPhone or on our phones, whatever you have, where do most of people look? The camera? Is that where they most look? Or... Well, most people actually look at the screen. The screen. Ah, they, yeah. <laughs> they, they look at who is the guy that I'm talking to on a Zoom call, for example, or on the iPhone. When you're recording yourself, they're like, how am I looking? How do I look? Everything good? Is everything yeah. okay? Yeah. Or even like when you were talking with somebody on Zoom, most people are not even looking at the other person. They're looking at their, at their own little window. Is everything okay? Am I looking good? And so on. If you want to connect with somebody in a virtual world, you need to look at the lens, not the screen. What does it mean? The lens is usually, if you have a laptop, for example, where there is a a webcam on it, it's above the screen. Any smartphone, it's usually up there, uh, like a selfie cam that is right next to where you usually listen with your ear to, right on top of the screen. So you really need to look at the person. And from time to time, so you need to train yourself because obviously we are from a real conversation, we are trained to, and, and we are like from when we were little kids to actually look at the other person. But the moment that I look at the screen, I'm not looking at the person anymore. Like I'm not looking with my eyes to the lens. The other person is only going to really convey me as they see me not being fully connected. Another thing is the voice. How am I using my voice? Because when we are talking with somebody, let's say on Zoom, or we're talking with somebody on the phone or on a video chat, how do I project my voice? What energy do I bring to the table? Because oftentimes when we are 
just in a room by ourselves and we're talking, it feels like talking to yourself. When you're talking to yourself, you're not really projecting your voice. Your voice just comes out of you. But it's usually not the same energy. It's more internal than external. What you need to do is that you need to project your voice to the screen, to the lens, or even beyond the lens. Like even if you have the microphone in front of you, you need to speak to the other person, that the other person can clearly hear you, feel you. And even if there is a microphone, it really is critical that you are also engaging with the other person. Also, how is your body language? Yeah. Because, for example, when you're just sitting in a chair the whole day, you might get tired and so on, like maybe not sitting upright. Sit upright from time to time, stand up from time to time. If you have the opportunity, and if you have, for example, standing desk or something, or you can take your laptop and put it somewhere where it's like on, on eyesight, that you really have the camera on the height of your eyes, it's going to make a big difference because you can move freely. Your body language and also your body tension is going to make a big difference. And, and last but not least, also talking about the camera angle. The best camera angle you can have is that the camera is pretty much on eye level because nobody loves to be talked down to. Ah. Like, like when you are very, very tall, like let's say I'm, I'm very tall. I'm like, like the whole time I'm looking down at you. Yeah. I'd be like, well, what's up with that guy? The like, angle helps, right? It makes you feel yeah, like exactly. you can connect. Yeah. And you want to connect eye to eye. You want to connect on a level where the other person feels you. And it feels like a casual conversation and not like the parents talking to the kids. It raises so many great points here. I think the art of a great speaker is your ability to make it conversational. And I teach public speaking to my kids here at university. One of the things that happens, you know, I go through the whole process, the outline, everything. But the ones that I've noticed, the struggle that I've noticed the most is the idea of variation of voice. Sometimes people will go on there and they'll have a monotone voice. It's because, you know, they'll be shy or they'll get insecure about what's going on. The hardest thing I've noticed to train is really to get them to relax their voice, breathe, pause, raise it when they want to raise it, bring. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. The personality into that. And I have a few exercises. I normally try to get them to do that. But I'm wondering if you have somewhere people can actually practice personality in the voice and engaging in the voice. Because I know you know this. You know people that are so lively. You could be having sports arguments and then they'll be, Argh! and then when they get on camera, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> that happens all the time. And so I'm wondering if you have any, <laughs> any tips that you can share with the audience. I'm totally with you, Tayo, because 
it really happens all the time. It happens also on TV. I just have a new colleague and she's really a fun person. And then the moment she's live, she's like really, yeah, and now we are going to this point. And, uh, right? and, and I'm like, yeah. hey, come on. You need to also bring some energy with you. You need to bring some smile. Like, you can do this. You're great. You're really great. You can bring some of your past personality. And the reason oftentimes why people are not doing it, it's not just simply because they're shy. It's also because they're protecting themselves. Yeah. Because they are like, well, if I don't show a lot of my personality, then there is not so much that the other person can actually attack in a way. And the two biggest fears that we have as human beings is the first fear is of not being enough. And the second fear is that, therefore, we're not being loved. And so when we're thinking inside of ourselves subconsciously, well, if I'm not showing them who I really am, then if they don't like it, then it wasn't me. That's just what's going on inside of us. First of all, whoever is listening, and to you, yes, to you, exactly to you who are listening right now, yes, I'm I'm talking exactly to you, you are enough. Be aware of that, that you are enough. You mentioned something else, Tayu. Practice. It really is about practice. My wife, she is the best practice person that I know. She really practices incredibly. And she does not have this natural talent of totally being a great speaker on a stage or something. But really, she practices like every morning, she takes a book. She reads the book out loud. It can be anything, but really reads it out loud and and tries variations. And I've done this. I've done this when I did my speaker's education for one year, even longer than that. But for one year, like every day, I was recording myself. I was recording myself, reading something, recording it, listening to it, thinking, oh my God, this is never going to get anywhere. And doing it again and again and again. And it was, I was like seven months into it. And I still was thinking like, Jesus, this is not going anywhere. I love that example. And then it popped. Yes. I was like, Oh, great. I'm making progress. This is going somewhere. That's amazing. When you put yourself out there, when you have a clear goal that you want to go somewhere, you need to put also the work in to get there. It's not just by setting the goal, about setting the goal, setting the intention, but also working your ass out there. Yes. You know, the example you brought out your wife does, I've been doing that since I was 11. The reason I started doing it is because my dad was a diplomat. We moved around often. And because of my nerves... I was in a new environment. I was one of the only black kids in this school. And I started feeling um, insecure. And I was like, oh, what, how should I talk? How this? And so it would just affect how I speak. And then my mom could attest to this. I used to start reading out loud because I started to develop a stutter too, because I was so nervous and insecure. And I've been doing that every year since, because reading out loud allows you to articulate. And then you, then I tried the variations like your wife does, because I want to be able to make sure that I build that confidence. And people sometimes will hear me speak on stage like, how do you do that? I'm saying, you got to practice reading everything. If you have affirmations, things you say to yourself in the morning, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, practice saying that out loud. And then sometimes I'll be watching a show and I'll see something. I'm like, you know what? I like how he said that. Let me try something. But it's always a game, right? You can do multiple things where you find ways to loosen your tongue And then you become better at being spontaneous. If someone throws you a question in an interview, you know, you can pause a little bit and then just tap into that ability. So you're right. That practice does help because it becomes second nature after a while. And one more thing about that, Tayo, since you were mentioning that when it comes to reading out loud, like it's not just about like taking a book and going there and like saying like, all right, in Canada, I recall as the client had newspapers in Canada, 
they even put trash receptacles by all the mailboxes. It's not about that. Like you need to project your voice. Right. Also, you need to perform. You need to really bring it on. It's not just about like reading out loud. It's really reading it as if you were telling it to somebody else. Exactly. That's what it takes. So one of my favorite things about you when I was researching this is that you also, you know, you're a sponge. You talked about the things you did for yourself, what your wife does, but you have this thing where you say you're creating a winning mindset. You learn some tips from Olympic athletes and Tony Robbins and Al Gore. I'm curious if you can share that because that's also part of what we're discussing here, a mindset thing here. Uh, what did you learn from these folks? Well, first of all, yeah, actually, I've been with Tony Robbins for more than half of my life now. I'm even a trainer for him. Well, it's been 21 years now that I've been on a journey with him. <laughs> and one of the biggest things I learned that in every moment, every second, there are three decisions that you take, three decisions that you do subconsciously or consciously, most of us consciously, uh, subconsciously. And the first one is whatever happens is what do you focus on? What do you focus on? Because there are a million things that you can focus on at any moment. You can focus on things that are going on that you see. You can focus on things that maybe you are receiving through your skin. You can focus on things that you hear. You can focus on things that are going on inside of you, like your heartbeat, or that maybe you smell something, or you're receiving something else inside of your body. You can also control what to focus on. Like You can also decide what to focus on. But the first decision is, what do you focus on? The second decision is, what does it mean? What does it mean what you're receiving right now? Because everybody's going to give it a different meaning, determined by your filters, by your model of the world, how you see the world. And then the third thing is, the third decision that you're also taking at that moment is, what am I going to do about it? And even if it's doing nothing, it's also a decision. So once again, what do I focus on? What does it mean? And what am I going to do about it? And those three decisions are with you every single moment of your life. The beautiful thing about it, you can always change your life. You can always change by those three decisions. Focus on something different, give it a different meaning, take different action if you're not happy with where you are. That's so key. And I love that. What do you focus on? What are you focusing on? Because when we're on stage and when we're thinking about something, there are multiple things that could be competing in your mind. And so if you're focusing on, let's say, your voice, some, this is something I hear my students say sometimes, I don't have a good voice or I have an accent. When you're focusing on that. I have an accent. Preach! It is a real thing, though. You know, what I always say then when that comes up is, I always say that you're centering the, the wrong accent. You're saying that there's only one accent that is superior to another, and that's going to affect your speech. But if you accept, like you said, we all have an accent, then you understand that that's part of who you are and it's okay for you to do that. Because if you start feeling like your accent is inferior, it's going to show on the speech, you know, because they will, they'll feel that energy that you're like, you're not as confident and you feel like you sound this and then it's going to show. But if you say, yo, this is who I am, accept me. Yeah, we have Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example. I, I just wanted to say I'm from Austria. Yeah. I'm from Austria. <laughs> that's why I brought I, it I up. Was, I know you're from Austria. That's why I brought it up. I was in high school in the US. You cannot imagine how often I had to say different Arnold lines. I knew them all. I know them all because I had to say them so often. <laughs> all of them. That is so interesting what happens, right? But when you focus on something, you know, you focus on the right thing, you build confidence, you focus on the wrong thing, it blesses your confidence. And so it's important for us to to work in that. Huh. 
This is why Ronnie is good at what he does. <laughs> so the, another thing I want to do then is let's talk about the idea of memorable virtual and hybrid events. Like this is your thing. You, you love events. Where do you see the world of events going? Are we going back to live? Are we doing virtual more? Is it going to be hybrid? Well, I've seen an incredible shift happening in the last two years. And especially also being with Tony Robbins. First, I could not really imagine that any virtual event could compete with a live event. Because, I mean, a live event is an event. It's cool. It's with music. It's you meeting people and you feel the energy. A virtual event before, like two years ago, it was basically like, yeah, grandma's webinar. You're just like, hey, hello, this is my Zoom class about knitting. And today I brought some beautiful red thread and we can make something beautiful about it. It's like, yeah, great. And after, after 15 minutes, you're basically either falling asleep or you hung up. The key is, if you really want to create a memorable event online, you need to make it an event. I want to tell you something. Last year, I did the New Year's kickoff event for Canon, the camera company. They don't just have cameras, but yeah, I mean, everybody knows their cameras. And the first thing that I actually mentioned, because they said, yeah, we're going to do it uh, as a virtual event. We're going to stream it to 22 countries. And they called it New Year's meeting. I said, guys, if you want to have that perceived as an event, well, first of all, you need to call it an event and you need to see it as an event. Because if it's just a meeting, it's going to be another boring meeting. But you want to make this an event, so it's going to have some production as well. Because in an event, you have a stage, you have a production, you have some music, you have lights, all those kind of things. And if you want to create an event, you need to bring this. And of course, you need to bring... And nowadays, it's very, very easy. I mean, with all the tech gadgets that you have at home, even when you're just doing like some live streaming on Twitch, if you have the Elgato Stream Deck, for example, or something, you push some buttons around, you program some buttons... And, and I'm sure that there are some of you who are out there are like, yeah, I love to work around with some tech gadgets and so on. And then some stuff happens. Like with, you need to have something going on and also you need to engage the audience. I've sure. seen a lot of events and that's also where Tony's events are different. We have had events for several days with 14, 15 hours a day on Zoom with more than 30,000 people live on it hmm. the whole time. I mean, it was incredible. The connection was incredible. But also what happened was that they were live on Zoom and they were there with video. I mean, who of you out there has been to video calls where everybody had their videos turned off? <laughs> I've seen that for sure. <laughs> that that yeah. totally drains out the energy. Like also as a speaker, when you're talking to just black screens, you had no feedback and it's like, yeah, okay, you really need to engage. The first job is you need to train your audience. You need to engage to really get them engaged as well and to also have them participate, to have them turn on the videos, to be there, to play full out and saying, hey, this is an event. This is not just a recorded session and you kind of watch the recording afterwards. This is a live event. And you have to make it an event. I'm hearing a lot of intention from you. Just like you, when you're reading a book, you have to intentionally project. When you're creating an event, you have to treat it like something that the audience can participate in. You are deciding that, I'm going to create moments of engagement. I'm going to bring my energy here. We are going to be in this contract together and we're going to get something out of it. That is a beautiful word that you just said. Intention. Intent. When you think of the greatest stage performer of all time, who, who comes to mind to you? Oh, gosh. I have to think about comedians here. There's so, there's so many of them. Um, like Trevor Noah. You know, you say Eddie Murphy at his prime. Gosh, a lot of speakers. Tony Robbins is definitely up there. 
There's so many. Something singer. Oh, you talk, oh, you're talking about singer. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay, Beyonce, like Bruno Mars. Beyonce, Bruno Mars. There we go. For me, it always comes to Michael Jackson. When I, I knew you were gonna bring up Michael Jackson because you had brought up the example of Winnie Depp. But yes. yes. Michael Jackson was like a family member when I grew up. <laughs> it's like there was no way around him. He was omnipresent. And whatever you think about Michael Jackson, I'm I'm talking about Michael Jackson, the stage performer here, to be clear. And the reason why I believe that he's such a great performer on stage is because every single move that he did up there was with intention. There was nothing that happened on purpose. Nothing. Everything was as if it was meant to be exactly like that. And this is what makes him so great. There are mirror neurons in our head. Mirror neurons are something that get triggered when somebody else does something with intent. For example, you go to a restaurant and you're engaged in conversations. Suddenly, everybody looks over to one point because somebody, for example, makes a wedding proposal or a marriage proposal. So he gets down on his knees, doesn't even need to say anything, but it's with full intent and everybody around this is going to notice it. And you're just like, whoa, what's going on here? Because you feel this intent and your mirror neurons automatically get triggered. And also when you do something on stage, when you do something or in a virtual environment with full intent, but what I mean by that, with confidence, with intent, that you know what you're doing, that you know why you're there, that you know what your mission is with that intent. You can move the world. Intent, huh? This is so powerful because I don't think we live in a world that practice a lot of intent. I don't think we sit to reflect a lot. In fact, I think we react too often. We're too reactionary as opposed to reflective. What you're showing people is that if you pay attention to the world and what's happening, whether it's COVID or whether it's people are resigning more and more, if you intentionally show up and intentionally become the person you want to create, the type of creator you want to be or the type of speaker you want to be or, or intentionally think about your passions, you're going to find clues that get the best authentic self. It's always inside you and it's always around you, but you have to intentionally look for them. Otherwise, you're just not going to you know, see them and those opportunities. When your attention and your intention come together, that's where the magic happens. Bars. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Ah, okay. So then people now at this point are listening to this. They're like, I got to work with Ron. I got to work with him. How can they work with you? First of all, you can find me on RonnieLieber.com. I guess we might have the link in the show notes. Yes. Also, of course, you can find me on social media, wherever you are on, may it be on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, or on YouTube, just slash Ronnie Lieber. And you can find me there. Okay. I'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. If you want to know something more, get some more insights. On my website, there's also a blog. You can also sign up for the blog and you can just look through it. There are several things also, how to become a better speaker, how to find your passion, all those kind of things, how to train your voice, how to train your body language and so on. There are all kinds of different blog posts there. I love that. Okay, we'll make sure that that's there in the show notes as well. The, The last question I always have for my guests is this. It's my mission statement reframed as a question. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So... Ronnie, how do you use your difference to make a difference? That's a great question. (laughs) You know, I believe that my difference is to really be able to move people and to transform people, to empower people and to entertain people. This is my mission. And that's what I set out to do. I have that feeling that if I do not do it to the fullest, if I do not touch into my full potential, 
then it was wasted. I don't want to waste it. Yeah. And I want to do it in order to move, in order to help, in order to empower, in order to make your life fun, great, and transformative. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for sharing all these pieces of knowledge. It's been really fun. I'm excited to get this episode out there. Thank you too. All the best. Pleasure's mine. Kings, Queens, Royalty. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.